Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining Carrie Aller and Friends Coffee Chat. I am doing another solo episode today and I'm thinking very seriously about possibly doing a another podcast that's also part of this podcast, but it's going to be a little bit different because it'll just be me. So, um, but today I don't have anyone with me again. Like I said, it's a solo podcast today. I have been thinking very seriously about some things and I wanted to share it with you all today. This past week, an unfortunate event happened. A well-known pastor named Jared Wilson took his life. And uh, I just want to say to his wife, uh, Julianne, I just want you to know that I am praying and I am so sorry. There's no words that could... Um, take away the pain or the confusion or anything that goes with it. And um, I just want you to know I'm praying for you and your boys. And I really wanted to talk about depression, suicide, anxiety, and bullying today. My heart breaks because I myself have dealt with depression and anxiety. And what Jared did, I could have very well have done also. And my heart breaks because I know that point where you feel like there's just no hope. And of course, every situation is different. And of course, I don't know um, Jared and Julianne personally. And so I don't know all the details of that. And that's not for me to know. That's for God to know. And so, but I do know my life and what I've gone through. And I wanted to give you an encouragement today. Maybe you yourself have gone through or are going through anxiety, depression, uh, worry, all those things. I just really want to tell you that it may seem like there's no hope. It may seem like the situations at hand are too consuming and overwhelming. It may seem like there's no hope, but I'm telling you that those are lies of the enemy. The enemy wants us to believe that there is no hope, that there is no future, and all the things that are happening to us, we're the only ones going through it, and we're the only ones suffering with depression. We're the only ones going through anxiety and worry and all these things, which is a bunch of bullcrap, to be honest with you. That's not true. We're not the only ones going through that stuff. There are so many people suffering in silence because they're either ashamed or they've been taught that, you know, you can't really, if you're Christian, you can't have depression, you can't have anxiety, you can't have worry, all these things. That that is a lie because we are human. We're broken. Um, We go through things. We have struggles. We, you know, we are very much... A part of this broken world. And so with that comes the junk that is with it. I went through a really, really tough time after I uh, quit my job as a youth pastor to pursue what I felt like the ministry that God put on my heart was to speak and write and do acting and songwriting full time. And so it was kind of hard because ever since I graduated high school, I was a pastor, and so that was kind of a source of my identity, to be honest with you. But what God showed me through a lot of junk is that my identity is in Him. But here's the thing. Even though my 
identity was in Christ, and even though I knew that, the broken part of me was trying to consume the part of me that God has healed. And so there was a day when I took my kids to school, and I kissed my husband goodbye, and I came home, and I was just in a horrible, horrible, dark place. Um, The depression was overwhelming. I remember coming home and the thoughts of suicide came through my mind. And it was so just consuming. I literally could feel just that oppression just holding on to me, sucking the life out of me. And when these thoughts of suicide came in my mind, I was like, all right, I need to pray. Like, I need to pray because I am not in a good space right now. I went to my closet to pray. I remember watching the movie War Room, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, And I remember talking to my friends about, you know, a prayer closet. And so I just went in my closet and I prayed. I was praying. I just felt like I couldn't feel God. I was in this dark space. And it's so hard to explain unless you've been through it. But I could just literally feel like the demons clawing at me. Like it was just so consuming. And the enemy wanted to take me out. He wanted to take me out. I remember sitting there and I just felt like there was no hope. And all these lies just seemed like truths because it was kind of like a half lie, half truth. And so I was just confused. But God is not the author of confusion, The author of confusion is the enemy. He wants you to be confused. He wants you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to feel like there's no hope. He wants you to feel like nobody is going through or has gone through what you've been through. And so I was in there in the closet, and that is all I felt. I just felt consumed. I remember just sitting there, and I was crying. I said, God, please save me. God, save me. Because I literally was at that point where I just felt like I could not go on. Like there was no strength in me. There was no hope in me. Like I I knew the truth. I love the Lord, but I just couldn't get out of that space. But the more I prayed and the more I just said, God, please save me. God, save me. Because I didn't want to take my life. I didn't want to leave my husband and my children But I was buying into this stuff that the enemy was telling me, these lies. So as I was praying to the Lord, I felt like the enemy's voice started getting quieter and God's voice started getting louder. And I felt in my spirit, God said, no, this isn't the way. This isn't the way. There is hope. Don't do this. Don't do this. Because... When I tell you that I was very serious and in that pit, I was. I was. I have never felt so much oppression in my life in that moment. And it was horrible. But at the same time, when I started trying to cling to God and say, Lord, I cannot. Like, I am I am at my lowest point. I feel like there's no escape, and I I don't think there's any hope. And I just kept praying, kept praying. And when God's voice started getting louder, I felt so much peace. And I, I 
remember telling the enemy in my closet as I was crying out to the Lord, I said, you leave me in the name of Jesus. You leave me in the name of Jesus. And I was just like crying and saying, I am God's. God is mine. I, you know, and I was just saying all these truths, trying to remember all these truths, trying to start say it with my mouth, even though I didn't really believe it in my spirit. I tried to say it with my mouth because I know that there's power in our words. There's power when we call on the name of Jesus. And so that is the truth that I was holding on to in that moment. And I felt that oppression leave me at that time. And I can honestly say that ever since that day, that horrible day, um, that turned into an amazing day because when that oppression left me, I felt God in a way that I haven't felt Him before, and it was powerful. And I say that all that to say this, don't judge someone, don't judge someone when you haven't even walked in their shoes. You know, I've had people tell me, well, if you commit suicide, you go to hell. I have not found that scripture in the Bible at all, period. And I don't believe that's true. And I do believe that Jared is with Jesus. He had a heart after Jesus. It was evident in what he did, evident in the lives that he's touched. And um, he had a battle. And listen, none of us should judge because we all have a struggle in one way or another. We all are falling short in one way or another. And you don't know if someone has a chemical imbalance. You don't know um, the different things that they're dealing with. So you can't judge at all. You can't. None of us have the right to judge. So before you are so quick to cast your judgments, I encourage you to read the whole Bible for yourself. I promise you, you won't be able to find a scripture in there that says, if you kill yourself, you go to hell. It's not in there. I've read the Bible cover to cover. Does God want us to kill ourselves? No, he doesn't. Does it break his heart? Yeah, I'm sure it does. Whatever we are going through, whatever sin we struggle with, whatever our shortcomings are, whatever our struggles are, God meets us there. God meets us there every time. We can't be so quick to cast our judgments and say these things that really have no evidence backing it. I mean, David had a heart after God. David was an adulterer, a murderer, a liar, and he had a heart after God. And so God looks at the heart. God knows. God knows better than we do. So don't be so quick to judge. And if you're one right now that's listening and you yourself are going through the throes of depression and feeling oppressed and feeling like there's no hope, please, I encourage you, don't give up. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to give up. The enemy wants you to back down and feel so hopeless that there's no hope. But that is simply a lie. That's a lie. There is hope. And just because one chapter of your story sucks, and just because one chapter of your story does not look like the promise, that doesn't mean that God isn't working. That doesn't mean that God isn't moving, because He is. He's working behind the scenes. He does things that you don't even know that He does. He protects you from things you don't even realize. 
And God has a future and a hope for you and a plan, a good plan for you. I wrote a book called Silenced in Jesus' Name, and I talk about my struggle with depression, anxiety, addiction, different things. And I talk about some points that I have done in my life that have helped me. Uh, One thing I do, if I'm feeling like I'm kind of going into, because again, God has healed me from it, but sometimes... Because I'm a feeler person, you know, I've taken personality tests, I'm a feeler. So I'm like 97% feelings on one of these personality tests that I took. So I feel things deeply. So when I am happy, I'm like, woo, I'm really excited, happy. And then when I'm mad, I'm mad. When I'm sad, I'm sad. Like I, it's strong for me. Every emotion is strong. And that's just how God wired me. So when I feel myself trying to go back to that dark place or trying to get in that funk again, these are things that I have done in my life that have helped me. First, I go to the Lord and I take it right to Him and I tell Him, like, God, I'm having a hard day. I can feel my emotions trying to get the best of me. So, Lord, I need you to guide me. I need you to give me strength. I need you to protect my heart and my mind. I take it to God first. I used to be in a real bad habit of taking my emotions and my feelings to people first. But what I've learned is trying to get help from broken people, because we're all broken, right? We need each other, yes. And do we go to each other when we're struggling? Yes, because two are better than one. Like we're stronger together than we are apart. But our first source should come from the source. So we need to go to God. We need to get in the word. We need to pray, put our armor on, do that first. So that's the first step that I do. The second thing I do is I might talk to a trusted friend or Uh, one of my prayer partners. I talk to my husband. Um, He's my best friend. He is my everything. I love him so much. So I talk to my husband. I talk to my mom. And I talk to a few of my trusted friends. And that's kind of what I've done. So you have to have those people in your life that you know have your back without a doubt. Um, And By the grace of God, I'm so thankful I do have those people in my life. I encourage you to go to those people, trusted people, people that love the Lord, because you need godly wisdom when you are in a funk like that. Like you need the truth poured over you even when you can't feel it or you don't believe it even. You need someone that is strong in the faith, that loves the Lord, that can pour that truth into you even when you don't believe it. So that's the second thing. Another thing I do is I do essential oils. I love Young Living essential oils. They have different ones that help with, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, and it's really, really awesome, and they're natural, and it's good. Another thing I do is I exercise, and when I go to the gym, when I work out, I can tell that it makes me feel better, and when I eat better, it makes me feel better. If I drink too much caffeine or anything like that, I get really anxious and I can feel like the whole world is crumbling around me because my anxiety kicks in like full speed, but that's because I drink too much caffeine. So different things can have different effects on your body. 
So it's really important. That's why God says to take care of his temple. Your body is a temple, so you need to take care of it. So working out really, really helps me. And even going for a walk outside, being in nature, just kind of taking a minute by yourself to just breathe and look at what God's done and look at, you know, the things like I always look at birds because I remember that scripture that says God, you know, we don't have to worry because God takes care of the birds. If God takes care of the birds, surely he's going to take care of us. And so just looking at birds and looking at nature just kind of relaxes a person. I love looking at sunsets. I'm obsessed with the sky and I'm convinced that one day when I go to heaven, I'm going to ask God if I can help him make a sunset. Now, is that biblical? No, but (laughs) I'm going to see if I can do it. So just going outside, being in nature, that helps. Going to a counselor, that's important. And, you know, there are times where you need counseling. There's times where you may even need medication. And a friend of mine, pastor, uh, said this, and I thought it was brilliant, but he said, you know, if you have cancer, you're going to pray that God heals you. Yes, you go to God first, and you believe that God's going to heal you. Yes. But also with that, God wants you to use wisdom. And if there's doctors, you know, and medication that can help you, you're going to try to take that because you're trying to help yourself. And, you know, God wants us to use godly wisdom. So that's just wisdom. Going to a doctor when you're sick, that's wisdom. So those are definitely things you need to do. Counseling helps so much because you're able to go to a safe place. And I encourage everyone to find a Christian counselor that is grounded in the word, that can pour the truth into you, but also be that source of uh, another source um, of someone listening to you, kind of bouncing ideas, being a soundboard. So that's really, really important. So those are some things that I've done in my life that have helped me, that have grown me, that have stretched me, that have um, helped me cope with the different things that I battle with. We all are in a battle at some point or another with some different thing or another, and those are the things that I've battled with in my life, and God is helping me. And those steps are the same things that I use like for anxiety and also um you know, I've talked about in Silence in Jesus' Name about my addiction to food. Like whenever I'm feeling whatever emotion, I would go to food. If I'm mad, I go to food. If I'm happy, I go to food. <laughs> you can kind of go from there. If I'm sad, I go to food because it's one thing that I can control. But here's the deal is that I was choosing the wrong foods. And so all it left me with was it was fine for the moment. It was satisfying for the moment. But then I was left with gaining five pounds here, gaining five pounds there. So now I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to get a grip on that and trying to, again, exercise, make better food choices, drink water, lots of water, um, and just try to take care of God's temple. So all those are very, very helpful things that you can apply in your life today. And I also want to address this too. If you have someone in your life that you know struggles with depression, anxiety, or those things, I know from a standpoint that it, uh, because I have people in my life that have battled with that too, so I understand the struggle of not knowing how to help them, feeling kind of 
confused, like, I don't know, I've done everything I know how to do, here's the deal. That burden does not fall on your shoulders because that's not your responsibility. Ultimately, it goes back on the person that is struggling with it because we are all responsible for our actions. If someone is suffering in silence, which to be honest with you, a lot of people never even knew that I struggled with depression because I didn't talk about it. I didn't expose it. I kind of hid it because I felt like I needed to hide it. I needed to not share with people. And so people are like, but you're always so happy. You're smiling. Well, yeah, I was smiling. I was happy on the outside, but on the inside, I, I was like screaming and crying and so broken. So for the ones that are on the outside and you see someone you love struggling with it, the thing that you can do for them is this. You can pray for them first, take it to the Lord, and then you just be there for them. You listen to them. You love them through it because it's it's hard. Um, it's hard on both accounts. It's hard for the person that is going through it because, again, you feel so consumed, so broken, and you just cannot see the hope out there. Like you can't, like you want to, but you just can't see it. And then it's hard for the other people that are watching you go through it too because they want to help you. They don't know how to help you. They don't know the words to say. And then when someone does take their life, you're left with the questions, could I have done something? Could I have done more? Could I have helped them more? But we can sit there and be stuck in that place of should I have done more? Could I have done more? But here's the deal. Sometimes we just don't know. I mean, we have unanswered questions sometimes, and that's where faith comes in. That's where you have to be like, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's hurtful. It sucks. I'm mad about it. I'm broken about it. God, you have to help restore me and and heal me because the people left behind are broken and hurt and confused and feeling all kinds of ways. And so you need to be there for those people and encourage them. And sometimes just being there for someone doesn't mean that you have to have the words or these Christianese, as I like to say, answers, you know. Um, Sometimes someone just wants you to just simply sit by them. Sit by them and be there for them. Bring them a meal and just say, I love you. And that, that's sometimes that's all we can do. So I want to say that. Also, I want to address something. My children, uh, at their school, there was a bullying incident. A kid was being bullied by a group of kids that were filming him getting beat up. So basically, one person would take a punch at him and then another person... And it was just kind of this big thing. And the poor kid is trying to defend himself. But then you could just see that he was just completely broken. And I only saw this video because people thought it was actually my son because the boy looked just like my son. And my husband and I had to watch the video at least 20 times before we could kind of catch our breath and say, okay, that's not Abram. But at the same time, even with our relief that it wasn't our son, we were feeling completely broken because it was somebody's son. And somebody's son had to go through that. And that just broke my heart. 
you know, we reported it to the school. They took care of it. Authorities got involved in it because there were several videos that um, were kind of on Snapchat and different uh, social media sites about this poor kid getting beat up. I want to tell you, like, if you have a kid that is in elementary school, middle school, or high school, you've got to tell them if they see something like that, they need to report it immediately. We've got to put a stop to bullying. It is crazy. It is crazy, crazy. And what broke my heart about the whole situation was here's a kid getting beat up. But these kids that were beating him up, there was something going on. There has to be something going on within them, whether it be at home or they don't feel good about themselves or something, to where they felt like the need to go and beat on this kid. And it broke my heart for everyone involved. Like, I had our, I'm gonna be honest, when I saw the video, and you know, I had people texting me, is this Abram? Is this Abram? And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I had to watch it several times to just make sure that was not my son. And then we had to talk with Abram and all that. And he said, no, that's not me. I know who that is, though, because we showed him the video. It just completely broke me and shook me. Like, I, I just, uh, I can't even put into words, to be honest with you. It it just was so hurtful just watching it. And it broke my heart. And I had a righteous anger, um, my flesh at one point got the best of me. I was just like, you know, they need to get in serious trouble. Like I was just so mad and I'm still mad about it. I asked God, like, Lord, help my heart, help me see through your eyes. And my heart just broke for everyone involved. And it just completely broke me, broke my heart. I had a long talk with my kids about the importance of standing up for what's right, the importance of if you see bullying, report it all that stuff. You know, as a parent, you want to cover all the potholes in life and protect them from anything and everything. We don't want our kids to go through heartbreak. We don't want our kids to go through anything bad. But you know, those hard things in life, the things that we wish we could protect our kids from every single thing, the reality is we can't protect them from every single thing. But the grace of God meets us in that mess, meets us in the brokenness. And God vindicates, God uh, reigns on it. You know, it all reigns on the just and unjust alike. Um, There's things that happen in life we don't understand, we don't have the answers for, we don't get, it's frustrating, all those things. There's another boy at a different school that just recently died from a head injury in football and, and stuff. And, or I don't know if it was football, it was sport related. We don't know why things happen sometimes. There are no words for it. There's no explanation for it sometimes. Here's what I do know though. Even though we don't have all the answers, our God is the God of answers. Like he is the God of everything. He knows everything. He has a reason for everything. And when we don't understand and when our knowledge and everything and our strength can only get us so far, God is there and God meets us there. And God is everything, you guys, everything. I couldn't do life without God. I don't know how people walk around doing life without God. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it because I know that I am not strong enough. Like I need a savior 
And Jesus came and he died and he died a death that all of us deserve and he lived a perfect life that none of us could live. And he sacrificed himself so that we can be with him one day in heaven, that we can have eternal life with him. My prayer for you today is if you don't really know the Lord, if you've never really accepted Jesus, maybe you found this podcast by mistake or maybe you got it recommended from a friend or whatever the case is, I want you to know that God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. Maybe you've been stuck in this pit for a long time. Maybe you've been having a pity party for one for a long time. But I will tell you this, from someone that has walked through it, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on God. God doesn't give up on you. Even when you do give up on yourself and even when you do give up on God, He never gives up on you. He loves you. He has a future and a hope for you. And it's amazing to me. I've been reading a lot lately. There's so many people of God that are leaders in churches and leaders, evangelists, um, people in doing music and all that stuff that struggle with depression and anxiety. And the enemy wants to take us out one by one. He wants to take us out. Knowing that we have an enemy that his only concern is to take you out, you've got to have your armor on daily. The Bible says we need to put our armor on daily in Ephesians. It says that we need to put our armor on daily. And what I love about the armor of God is that it addresses everything in the front, like the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the helmet of salvation, the the uh, shoes of peace and all these things. But like it's addressing the front part of the armor because God does not want us to run away from the enemy. He wants us to face the enemy head on because in his strength, we are able to overcome any obstacle and every obstacle, even when it looks like impossible. Our God is the God that makes things that are impossible possible. If you read in the Bible, I mean, the Bible is better than any Netflix show that you'll ever watch. I promise you that. Like, there's so much in God's Word. If Christians would just simply pick up and read it, there's so many Christians that go to church on Sunday, and that's their God time for the week, and that's not enough. That's not enough at all. I mean, that's like having one bowl of rice a week and that's all you get to eat. Like, that's not enough. It, it, you won't be nourished the way you need to be spiritually. You need to be in God's word every day. You need to have that time with the Lord every single day because that's how you get your armor on. That's how you hold on to God's truth is that you are consumed in God's truth. Like you, you are clinging to God's truth every single day. That is how we overcome. That is how... We can take another breath and move forward. And there's going to be times where you feel like you can't go on anymore. I know I have felt that way in my life, but I will tell you this, and I will keep preaching this. God sees you right where you are. He knows every struggle, every heartbreak, every scar that you have, He knows. And He calls you by name. He knows your name. He loves you. And whenever Jesus was hanging on the cross, he had your face on his mind. Like he could see your face. He knew your name and he died for you because he loves you. You will never encounter someone and make eye contact with someone that God does not love. 
because God loves everyone. Jesus didn't die for the ones that are perfect because, listen, there's no other perfect person except him, right? He died for us who are broken, who are messed up, who fall short, who have a, a list a kajillion miles long of things we do wrong, but he died for us anyway because he loves us. God loves you so much. I don't think we really take that in. When someone says that to us, like God loves you, we're kind of like, okay, yeah. But if you really think about it, the God of the universe, the one that created everything, he knows you by name. He loves you. Everything, every concern that you have, everything that you're worried about, God sees it. Man, and you know, whenever I was being so consumed with the worry, depression, anxiety, all these things, I felt like, and it felt so real that God didn't know what I was going through. But that's a lie. If you read in God's word, you can see where God sees the brokenness and it breaks his heart. God understands. He understands our struggles and everything. Many religions have a man wanting to become God, but only the true God became man so that we may have everlasting life. And that's Jesus. And Jesus died for us. My prayer is, is that if you are in a spot today where you just are saying, God, I'll give you one more chance to prove yourself or one more chance to show me that you love me. My prayer is, is that God will overflow your cup, that God will meet you where you are, that God will radically show you his love and grace that passes all understanding. To those of you that don't understand suicide, depression, and anxiety, before you're so quick to judge, examine your own life. You have shortcomings. You have things that you struggle with. You may not understand someone else's struggle, but that doesn't mean that your struggle or their struggle is bigger or greater or or that God can't forgive because God does forgive and he loves and he meets us where we are. My prayer is, is that you will take time today. If you know someone that is going through anxiety, depression, just take time today and pray for them. And if you don't know how to help them again, the first thing you can do is take it to God. And the second thing you can do is just simply be there for them. To those of you that have lost someone to suicide, I understand it is a hard place. It is a frustrating place. It is a confusion place. It's a broken place. But what I've learned in my life is that God uses everything, even the parts of our story that we don't understand. And God uses it in a mighty way. Through my own story, I've been able to help others that are walking through the same thing. I've spoken at churches and shared my story, and women have come up to me and said, you know, I am in that place. I understand. There's so many people that struggle with it, and for whatever reason, they've believed a lie that it is not a thing that they should be going through or people will look down on them if they get help or whatever it is. They try to suffer in silence, but expose it. We have to expose it. We have to expose the enemy for who he is. The enemy is a liar. I pray that for those that are listening, 
that you'll be encouraged and know that you're not alone. I pray that you'll get help if you need help. Here's the thing. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. From one person to another, from one person that struggled with it, suicide isn't the answer. Suicide doesn't have the last word. God has the last word. I love you guys so much. I pray that this blessed you. I pray that God's peace will surround you and overflow. Love you guys so much. Please feel free to visit my website, www.carryaller.com. Shoot me an email. Tell me you listened to this podcast. I'd love to interact with you all and pray for you guys. So, And if your church ever is looking for a women's speaker to come to any events that you may have, I'd love to come. For more information on that, you can, again, go to my website. Also, please feel free to share this podcast, comment on it. I'd love to get feedback from you guys on different topics that you'd like to hear about, talk about. Uh, I have an amazing guest list coming up and amazing people that um, I really, truly love and admire that are going to be on this podcast. Their stories are powerful. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. God bless you. Bye, guys.